0: Oh, I'm having, having a, a nice, nice prosciutto Bravo. Bravo Magnifico, Magnifico. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Well I was just I kept going because I was waiting for you to I see Join in
0: I thought you were doing like a, I thought you were doing like an intro where like, we're like applauding as though like a opera performance had just ended.
1: Ah, well, it's funny you should mention the opera because that's what today's episode is going to be very minorly about, probably. Am I right? This is going to be our most dramatic episode yet. Welcome to How I Hear It. Um, Welcome to is, How I hear It. <laughs> my name's Jordan. And is I'm a, a Maxi. This is Maxi. Um, Maxinini. And, listen, we visited over the weekend the server farm that we had to buy to hold all of our um, fan questions, all of the fan mail, the DMs that we get. Uh, we downloaded, we ripped open the servers one by one went through the questions and we we want to just say we hear you and it's and also we wanted to put
0: to rest any rumors that these might be the same servers that that were hacked that stole the election from trump so just that's not the case everyone who's saying that is going to be sued by our lawyers
1: absolutely not true false um how i hear it innocent so we went through all of your questions all the stuff that you asked us you wrote in to ask us to cover and obviously what was mentioned the most was the 2019 Ron Howard documentary on opera legend Pavarotti Luciano Pavarotti Um, so we did it look listen last night at around 8.58 p.m. I began my Showtime 30-day free trial. Yep, I will this delete. How, this I is how will, pros do it, and I haven't ended it yet. But we'll see. There might be some other <laughs> stuff I want to see. There's like a
0: there's a mini series on um, the Reagans that looks pretty good. There is a, that's how they get you, Max. Look, you know, I'll I I will show my whole ass right now. I am subscribed for a year to Disney Plus, to HBO Max. I already had Amazon Prime.
1: Why not add another one on? I don't know. No, and that's true. Um, But we do. We will today. We'll talk about watching Pavarotti, uh, which was. I will take the credit for this. Was my idea, Um, and we're also going to talk about everyone's new favorite podcast, Best Buddies. uh, Sort of, you know, they sort of took the model that had already been successful they already saw something streamlined and working in how right. i hear it and uh That's barack correct. obama and bruce springsteen copied our model they took what was going to be our original name renegades right <laughs> um and we're gonna we're gonna give you our takes on their podcast uh, uh listen to the first two episodes uh i've uh always said that thought- uh Max Lopez
0: is uh, the Obama of uh, podcasting uh, until right now.
1: See, and the funny thing is they didn't do any Obama impressions on their show. I thought you were burping at first. and (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's a true commitment um, to the bit. To the craft. But, But, as always, before we get to the meat of the stew we have to start with the potatoes (laughs) you gotta start with those damn potatoes we're gonna do max's music facts theme song music right here all right and i'm gonna you want to tell the folks at home what the rules are
0: yeah you're gonna give me um three headlines i will ask zero questions until you have finished And I will try to ascertain tactically which of these headlines is false. There are two real ones. One false one. I'm going to root it out and seek and destroy it.
1: All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So uh, Guns N' Roses frontman Axel Rose appears in the animated show scooby-doo and guess who i guess that's what the new scooby-doo show is called uh this week Uh, animated version of axl rose playing himself that's um, so they're
0: kind of following up the tradition of the simpsons where they would frequently have musicians and and celebrities
1: voice themselves okay where where scooby first appeared um he is doing the voice
0: of scooby-doo
1: number two uh, Paramount Plus, the new streaming service through Paramount, announces a docu series with Dave Grohl and his mom. It's a new mm-hmm. behind the music type thing. Not animated. Uh, I don't believe as as so. You know. Okay, I think it's just it's pre production, so we could get there. I see. You know, it just depends on how far this goes. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. And number three. The biggest news of the day actually, uh the Bruce oh, wow. Springsteen DWI case goes to trial. Oh. I don't know if you saw that at all. Huh,
0: yeah. I so I didn't, but that seems like uh, see, I'm always like trying to like game this out. Um, because that seems like something that is just kind of self-evident. I'm gonna try to I'm just gonna eliminate that one because it's 'cause but it would be unfair if it was not if it was the false one because you could be like, no, it's actually going to trial tomorrow. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it, I guess I'm feeling like it would be unfair of you to for that to be the false one because you could just easily blackjack no trade backs me and say actually the trial starts tomorrow. So, I'm just going to avoid that one because I feel like it's not the f- most fun one to be false and I will choose <laughs> um Axel Rose is not going to be on Scooby-Doo voicing himself he will be voicing a different character. No, that's too specific. I
1: just think that one's false. That would have been fun, but it's actually the Springsteen that that case got dismissed today. <gasps>
0: you motherfucker. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. That okay, but that's that is fair though. I actually I should have I should have I should have seen it coming.
1: He didn't do anything. He took 2 uh, I think every article also mentions this. It was I'm just a shot of it. tequila, right? No, two small, two very small shots of tequila, which I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Exactly. Like, like, a, him, thim- like a thimble? <laughs> exactly, like a thimble's worth. <laughs> he, can, he took a couple nips, uh, but, yeah, and he blew point zero two, which is well under the, the limit, but... So yeah, what, if uh, what if it was a cop? What if it was a cop who's well i was gonna say what if it was a cop who was
0: pissed because like us because he did a jeep commercial and was just like following him around all day waiting for him to like you know not not turn his blinker on yeah just a a cop that
1: just hates jeeps
0: both or just you know is like a cop who's like uh look man i just i love the boss i don't want him to sell out
1: yeah (laughs) I, i respect that that's true i guess they aren't all bad cops You know, is that what you're saying? Uh, That's what
0: I mean. Look, that's a you know. I watch SVU, Law and Order, and those are good cops. That's all I'm gonna say. True. uh, Detective Tutuola, he could, he could police me. I would trust him (laughs) to do the right thing.
1: (laughs) I I entrust you with policing me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when, when I'm getting arrested for something, I'm gonna say, hey, can you call up Detective Tutuola? To so he can arrest me please yeah
1: <laughs> the real uh bummer is that the movement the free Bruce movement never really got off the ground there was never any real time to mm-hmm. for it to pick up steam uh that's too bad yeah you know there's always that next might have year. saved
0: that might have saved his reputation from sell selling out selling outiveness
1: oh that's true yeah
0: so real missed opportunity for for bruce there
1: well that was max's music facts once again i've won i think i'm invincible <laughs> i feel like a living god it's um, been a real
0: streak of me losing
1: it actually has yeah i'm sorry about that i um, mean you're just you're just too good at it is the problem i know and i did that in like 30 seconds like <laughs> i just looked all those up and just changed w- one word <laughs> <laughs> what did go to trial did not go to trial <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well thank you so much we're gonna have a little musical break and then come back on the other side to talk Pavarati and podcast
0: all right
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay, so I want to get that out of the way first. That's a lot of pasta.
0: That's a lot of pasta, folks. So what was it like? I mean, I forget the I should have written down that if there's anything I should have taken notes on, it's the um the exact numerical amounts of prosciutto, cheese, and tortellini that he would require his assistant to put into a suitcase. Another thing is like, look, isn't it illegal aren't you not supposed to like transport like food across borders isn't that like this
1: this was in like the 70s and i don't know right i mean everybody was like the captains of the airplane were smoking cigars and making manhattans (laughs) for one another you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) who fucking? that's a good point but i mean that was my i did take a few notes it was kind of hard really because i would just get entranced and i would forget i would honestly i would forget what i was trying to take notes of anyway but one of the notes i did take was rural america buffets american food and then i wrote i go to die in quotes and then i wrote (laughs) suitcases of food and then under that the last note just says amex commercial did you skip dinner were you just hungry i was probably hungry um yeah (laughs) I don't know. It is awesome that, like,
0: he just traded one pasta for another pasta and went straight for the mac and cheese.
1: That's true. Yeah. I like He's that a pasta in, man. They try to describe that scene of him wanting to tour. I don't know if he wanted to tour. I think he did, because he said it at one point he wanted to give back to the people what God had given him. And he really wanted to, like, meet these, like, very salt-of-the-earth type American people. Uh, right. But, yeah, they were like, he just wanted to try all this Crazy American food like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and up to Meat that loaf. point, watching the movie, I had thought mac and cheese was Italian. Well, so you know,
0: I mean, well, you, you can tell it's Italian when it's got the little pieces of uh, hot dog in it, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's the working man's prosciutto.
1: True, but. Uh, if you haven't picked up on it yet, we are talking about the the movie Pavarotti, about the illustrious Ron Howard opera singer. Uh, we both watched it last night. We thought, honestly, we were kind of we've been doing on the side these uh, kind of film. I don't know if it's really review. The last two, we kind of just take you through every scene, uh, which is As better than watching those movies. <laughs> Yeah. The next thing um, we should
0: do is just do a commentary track where we're literally both just watching a movie <laughs> and just commenting on it.
1: Yeah. I think that would be cool. And then after that, we just start shooting our own shot for shot. Playing the part. <laughs> just
0: Recreating it like Be Kind Rewind.
1: Yeah. Um, and it, I, I wanted I mean, you asked me this like 20 minutes ago, but the reason behind I think wanting to do this movie was just my um, just lack of any knowledge of opera like a total i don't know if it's indifference more that (laughs) you know i don't know if i'm such a simple person that i see it as like a high uh society snob type (laughs) place to go you you can say
0: that you're afraid uh, of the opera you can say you can admit it that's fine
1: i'm i think i've been afraid up to this point and you know what luciano Pavarotti is the the warm lovable, you know, uh, bear who's, who's got some faults, but he's just a a jolly guy, you know? Um, and you know, yeah, he seems a little bit scary to me. What was, well, before we get to that, what were your, what was your understanding of opera or experience level with opera before this? Well, um, cartoons
0: so i'm familiar with several notable looney tunes shorts where like there's one in particular where um bugs bunny and elmer fudd reenact some opera of like i think it's a wagner bit of a wagner piece a wagner track that they um go off on and it you know classically Bugs Bunny um cross dresses and it's actually it's one of the it's one of my favorite looney tunes um uh I don't know what to call it short anime it's one of my favorite looney, looney tunes. tunes I'll just say that uh, yeah. um yeah because it's like it just I think it might have been Chuck Jones one of the Chuck Jones ones um and they just like I don't know it just it just there's something about opera and I guess this, this kind of goes to like my perception of opera. Just there's something that's always struck me about it as being a little bit goofy because it's so heightened, you know, it's like, it's operating on such like a high level of drama that it's like, just like totally deflated when it's um, being sung in the Elmer Fudd voice.
1: Yeah, definitely. uh, Yeah. I mean, there is something pretty inherently funny about that, but I think it all, it's like, You know, those are the the parts of our, like, subconscious cultural understandings of things that that we we already know enough about opera to find that joke funny, you know? Right. At, like, age four. I
0: will say, though, there was a Disney, another Disney, or no, there was a Disney short called Willie the Operatic Whale that I watched a lot Mm. as a kid, and it's about a whale who can sing opera and who and his name is Willie, <laughs> as you might have guessed and this and, and he, this is animated it's yes good question okay um it's animated and he rises for, like at the beginning he's just singing opera to his like seagull and seal friends and then he is like there there's a guy named tati tati who is, uh, I guess he's, like, is he an opera producer? I forget what his deal is. Or is he a hunter? Either way, he's trying to kill (laughs) Willie the Whale. And meanwhile, Willie is, like, having a budding career as an opera singer. And is like, there's, like, all these really great um, scenes of him singing different famous operas and, like, looming over, like, these, like, crowds of people, like, holding up the little opera Telescope glasses and or binocular glasses and stuff like that, um, and tragically it ends with him being killed. Like there's like a real like it, it's it's messed up, man. It's tough. It uh, and and I think that's the th- like that's my so it's like a, those are the two poles of my appreciation and understanding of opera. The Looney Tunes kind of like taking the piss out of uh, out of opera as a form, and then Willy the Operatic Whale, which true to opera's form. the the protagonist dies at the end. It really makes you feel for him. It's, it's tragic. Um, so, so yeah. And, and that, you know, I've always appreciated opera and I've appreciated the idea of it that like, Oh, someone who just throws on an aria to me, that's cool. That's like, damn, like I wish that I was that kind of person who appreciated classical music or whatever. Um, and I do, you know, someone's throwing on a classical song uh, or something that's good. I'm like, yeah, this is good to me. Yeah.
1: But I would just never seek it out. Right. Yeah. And same. I mean, it's uh, I wish I could say I like had heard it as a at a young age or anything. I don't know. But I think I, I sought this out just because I thought of uh, what a culture shock it would be to just have to be, like, immersed in the world of this guy who really became, an, like, a huge star, like, worldwide, like... Right. And that's, like, the bigger take from the movie that I had was just being kind of fascinated with how, like, enigmatic of a character he was. Like, he was so charming to every single person around him. His... Assist, right. like, he... Just, like, both of his assistants at some point fell in love with him. He... uh yeah i mean it's just very strange to think that at one point in time he was this like dominating cultural force and we still see like impressions of that you know the opera singer having a handkerchief out you know i feel like that's like a trope that he started the whole like uh very like self uh deprecating uh artistic sensibility like before taking the stage or doing anything like a lot of that i think it being so like overly critical and, like, uh so needy of, like, I don't know, attention and some, like, all of that, I think, right. I don't know if he really invented it, but he certainly developed it and, and put it did into you, the mainstream.
0: Did you notice how his appearance didn't seem to change between, like, the ages of, like, 40 and 71?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, and, and when he was younger, he did look like very he didn't look extremely different but he was like a very different looking you know clean shaven young man and then at some point it just like he he starts wearing like fake mustaches and then suddenly they just turn into like it looks into a a real beard and like long hair straight up beard yeah yeah Yeah, maybe he like went through puberty
0: late i don't know
1: yeah yeah
0: so that was something that I noticed was that I couldn't tell at many points of the movie. I was like, "Wait, has t- any time passed?" And then like, <laughs> like I just had to wait for like a, like the text indicating that a different uh, performance. It was like, "Oh, this is
1: 1989." Okay, yeah, I guess. All right. And it, it's weird. I think here's how we're going to segue into into our next subject, maybe. Okay. But uh, are, we, are the, we already moving on from Pavarotti? No, I was just going to bring up. I was gonna bring oh. up one aspect of the film that I thought was interesting. When oh, okay, I mean, he, I he started to get commercially uh popular, he he went on an Amex commercial, which is one of the few notes right. that I took down. Uh but he says I am nothing uh <laughs> when I'm home. Like he's talking about how on the road he's like this huge star and people love him and he goes home and he says, I've got a wife and two daughters at home and there I'm I nothing. That's right. why I have an Amex or something. It's like, <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, and I was like, that's what a crazy commercial, right? Yeah. Um, right.
0: Well, and there was, there was like part of the story that I wish that had been more at the forefront was like his relationships to his producers or his managers. Like, those were really fascinating characters because, like, the one guy at the beginning who's like, he was the most hated guy in opera he was just yeah d-bag and it's like it's like not never made completely clear yeah, why don't that tell is
1: you
0: why he just had like a really like dastardly mustache he had like that, that look of like having like a totally black dark mustache but like also white hair at the same time that might have been part of it mm-hmm. but um and then it's like and then like there's a battle between and then like they kind of just like segue or like transition really quickly to like he now he has a new guy that he's more into he kind of ditches his old um he's going through wives, he's going through producers and then there's this British guy who's a rock producer who ends up having a really close relationship with Pavarotti and like I guess kind of helped like marks his transition to like pop music and like doing crossover stuff with other with 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 pop musicians but that was a really interesting part and another thing that I really wanted to know more about was like people's like like how did the how did opera fans see him over time because my sense is that like opera people are just really what's the word i want to use like i don't know like 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 and this is something i appreciate about what i understand of opera now after having seen the movie and which i think is probably a very incomplete picture of what opera is but like like people just take it so seriously yeah and that's like like that's one of the things that came out about Pavarotti is that like, and one of the things that I've you know, one of the talking heads in the documentary was saying that they appreciate so much about him. I think it was one of the tenors or like one of the other singers or something like that. That was like the thing about Pavarotti and about tenors in particular is like tenor is like such a, um, unnatural way to sing that like men are naturally baritones. Women are naturally what? Soprano. Is that true? Um, uh. and that, that, but what he's doing requires so much training and so much, serious focus, but he makes it seem effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really wanted to know more about was like there's like it's just like a throwaway line that's like opera fans thought he was a jerk for performing with pop musicians. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I wanted to know about that. Like how yeah, ha- no, ha- like, like the like- betrayal in the opera community they just you
1: know? didn't talk to any opera insiders besides the ones that he like slept with
0: you're right yeah i wanted to know more about him being canceled
1: yeah i mean exactly i think it was definitely like they were trying to depict him in this like lovable joyous way and i think he was that guy but it was yeah, it's kind of disappointing not to see them reach into those like darker depths you know him like needing to have people around all the time to like that he can make laugh or that he can just like, you know, like that seems right. like there's something there for sure. Especially the more like famous you get, the more money you have. Like, of course, there's going to be people around. Like, you know, right. no one's going to leave your side as long as like the checks keep rolling. The pasta keeps coming out of the suitcase, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as there's still suitcases full of tomatoes. Just filled. Yeah. And prosciutto and oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm
0: actually. I'm looking at uh, an article right now, and it seems like the financial backers to the documentary Universal are the parent company to Decca, Pavarotti's longtime record label. Uh, so this this seems like you. You know. You know what I always say is follow the money. Um, yeah, that's my famous saying that I you, invented.
1: This is why you're you're a journalist. Exactly. That's why
0: I'm a. That's why I'm a journalist. They call me Deep Throat.
1: <laughs> I. Yeah. I mean. It, it's crazy, but I think it's also part of this why it's so strange to think about the the other films that we've kind of like talked about have been either like the the Motley Crew movie, which was obviously they made themselves in their own image, right, and that's very clear, or like the Metallica some kind of monster, which is that they, they did not make, you know, there there's sort but of they, like
0: but they did put out weirdly, they did,
1: yeah, but like it definitely doesn't make them look you know good or right even competent in some moments or like yeah (laughs) it makes them look really detached and like disillusioned so i don't know it's weird to see that and then like to see that like a third party obviously obviously like the universal is a third party making a movie about one of their biggest stars of all time who sold millions and millions of records and huge performances uh became a worldwide celebrity which is like not something that everyone does oh no
0: well yeah and like you know one of the things i appreciated all the way through was like and this is something i guess this is one of the interesting things as like people who you know know are a bit more comfortable with like pop music and like rock musicians and, and that kind of stuff is like there's a there's something there's a quality about classical music and opera that is part of like why i think it has this like stuffy reputation um and people like taking themselves too seriously and why it's like kind of like stiff and like kind of you know can be uh made fun of like by looney tunes and stuff uh you know as opposed to like rock musicians or whatever who have this like air of authenticity which has to do with like being laid back and like not caring even though like you know a lot of times like there's a lot of work that goes into that too but right. there's something I really respect about Pavarotti in terms of or like from from what I know from this documentary that like he's like an athlete you know that there's a way that he's like you know protecting his voice and like it's all about technique mm-hmm. you know like he's a um you know like, like, like there's a quality where it's like oh my god like you, like when he, he's just singing the same songs over and over again which is like the whole thing of like repertoire or whatever in in opera or in I don't know if that's inclusive to opera or if that's a classical music thing too but like you know they kind of just like play the same tunes over and over again like he's not putting out new albums with like original songs or anything like that but it's like it's all about like because I think what he's trying what what he's doing is so difficult you know that like it's it's like a high-wire high, high wire act that, like, every time he, like, goes up to try to do it, at least is the impression that, like, he gives, is, like, he's always, like, terrified and nervous before he's ever about, like, before he's about to go on stage, because he's, like, like, in an interview, like, they like, do you, do you always know that you're gonna hit the note? And he's like, no. Or, like, never. <laughs> or some kind of shit like that, you know? It's like, yeah. Like, it's like, and I don't know how much of that is, like, just not knowing about anything about this. Like, I don't know how much of that is an act and how much of that is real, but I think my understanding is, like, he's really was kind of, like, if not one of a kind, um, like one of the giants of you know of vocalists and like like in terms of like skill and ability and all that kind of stuff. Um so there yeah, like the, the athleticism is something that I just really respect. Like I, I respect sports stars and like 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 you know, celebrity athletes and something like that, like in a way that you know it's you just to see someone Who's so good at what they do.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. And and there's that scene where he's kind of giving direction to um uh, I think the singer that he ends up uh like eloping with at some point, but Right he's in the like class. In, yeah, he's like in front of an audience, sort of like, Oh, I think for your voice you need to sing a little bit more up tempo and do this. Like it reminded mm-hmm. me of how like deranged the ideas of American Idol and, and the singing competitions that we have on tv today like how right fucking wild it is that it's just you go from like a hundred a thousand to one person and not just right. have a show where like the people that are are actually masterful at their craft and singing and uh can help in the industry in some way don't just like give you pointers or like try to help you right. out in some way like it has to be this weird like cutthroat competitive edge because our society just fucking sucks
0: well I guess that's the other thing is that well yeah I mean for sure like American Idol and and the voice and all those things are like more about like humiliating people and like than than helping anybody you know but the other thing is like that's that's the the part of the documentary Uh that I that is not there that I I I wish was 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 taken to the forefront or like had a had a significant part like um was featured significantly in the movie which is like my impression is it's not just that he's a great singer. It's that through luck, through happenstance, through cunning, through having the right connections, he was a business, you know, machine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and like,
0: like, so, so, but I, again, I, I, can't, I don't feel totally like qualified to like be able to say like, well, he really was that good. Or to say on the other hand, like, no, well, it was more about like, it's good business relationships or something like that. Um, I'm guessing it was probably a combination of both and like, and like just him being ambitious, but also like having other ambitious people involved in his project, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that was what they didn't get into was like the behind the scenes for like his manager and those, like those guys They kept, uh, the movie kept alluding to these characters playing these huge roles. But right. it just kind of, like, never – I don't know. You never really got to look at what that looked like in the room or, like, uh, you know, what those decisions – what impact those decisions made on his actual life or anything like that. And they just kind of, like, zipped through it. And they are like, and then here's him wearing a funny hat. with, like, Right. You know, like, like, here's okay. him hanging out with Princess
0: Diana. Yeah. Cool, cool,
1: cool, cool.
0: Yeah. And so, like, then, like – so, I think the thing that really sparked – like that phase of his career of like just to, to being a, a huge megastar in terms of like selling records and all that kind of stuff was when he puts together that super group of the three amigos, mm. you know, yeah, who, like, yeah, yeah. who all performed together at um, like a world cup or something like that. Right. And, and that, like, it, it's like, it's, it's so funny as like, from my perspective of watching the documentary and like, and like everyone lost their minds. Because there's yeah. three tenors trading parts in an aria, and like, and they didn't even fight abo- about like which arias they were gonna sing. It was crazy. They yeah. were just, they would just be like, "Dude, I just, I'm so happy for you. I just totally want you to like sing that aria. That's gonna be so sick." And like, and then like for the last one, they were like, they didn't even know what song, what song they were gonna do, and then they were like, "Dude, let's do this song together." And then everyone lost their minds, you know. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like I just, I'm like just barely following along, you know, (laughs) like I I don't fully appreciate how cool this is.
1: And obviously watching it is, uh, impressive and so interesting because they're amazing singers and like, yeah, it's great, but it's so hard to like, yeah, I just don't have the, the, the cultural knowledge or context to really be able to place it in that like pedestal type area of like this moment in time was so crazy. But there's right. a, like the real attraction to the whole movie is this like flair for the dramatic that I think is just inherent right. to the opera, but also to like I think a lot of the Italian culture that we see throughout. You know, mm-hmm. like him just like I am. he I go now to die. <laughs> like when he goes out <laughs> on stage, it's just I like, love Modena. It's there's something so fucking perfect about that. Like bringing suitcases of prosciutto and pasta is so, so cool. dramatic and perfect. It's yeah. So many different like throwaway lines in the movie were so amazing just because of that, you know, because there's this like, I don't know, this flair.
0: Yeah. And it's a really half-baked idea that I have, but like kind of like one of the ways you can see his career is sort of like the trajectory of like the kind of latter half of the 20th century, just in terms of like pop culture is like, you know, when he starts, he's doing opera, which is a really super specific thing. And he's, like, born, or like, around, like, World War Two or whatever. And then his dad was, like, also a tenor. And he was, like, am I going to be a school teacher? Am I going to be a singer? I guess I'm going to be a singer. My mom really wanted me to be a singer. Um, but he gets started, like, in the 60s or whatever doing just opera. Like, he's, like, it's, like, part theater, part performance. Or part singing, right? Um, part music. Which is something I have, like, you know, no context for, really. Except that it's something that exists. But... Yeah, I mean, if the context I have for it is like, oh, that's kind of like, he, oh man, he's going with, for kind of like an Alice Cooper vibe. Like, I really dig that, you know? Um, but then he starts doing recitals where it's just him with the white handkerchief, like wearing a tuxedo or whatever, like a suit next to a piano. And like, so then he like kind of stops doing operas. And so there's kind of a trajectory that you see where like he goes for, like, it's like, becomes like a mass media star. Um, and and it's, so it, like there's something about like a kind of like opening of the global economy and like the emergent idea of like the global village or whatever that like like right. oh here here is this guy traveling the whole planet bringing charming Italian Italianness to every corner of the globe. Sure. Um, I don't know. There, there's some. There's some kind. There's like
1: but some it's like story that you there. can there's see. Some, on your TV screen that the big gregarious Italian singer guy who's looking a little, I don't know. There's a, you know, his, his fashion gets more and more cool as, uh, he starts, he starts
0: dressing exactly like Keith. Um, uh, what the fuck is the guy? Is the, is the goddamn Rolling Stone guitarist last name?
1: Keith Richards. Yeah.
0: Keith Richards. Yeah. He's he's like wearing like a fedora and he's got like, like an Big, infinity scarf, you know.
1: Yeah, infinity scarf. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very true. And uh I mean there's it's him on stage with Bono and with Princess Diana and like right. you know a picture of him with Nelson Mandela and like uh it's like all these different aspects that you're seeing on TV of like see all these people just hang out and it's fine. You know, this is who is in charge of the world. They're right. all okay with shaking hands with each other and they're having a laugh having some pasta you know right uh everything's gonna be okay
0: pasta is the great equalizer um there was the really funny story of uh that bono tells of how and i I, I can't tell if this is like you know uh anti-italian racism or not but he's like yeah he like kept calling with this like fake humility and he turned my Italian housemaid into a conciliary
1: House, not, <laughs> not housemate, my housekeeper. Housekeeper. What did I say? Housemaid. Oh, I thought you said housemate, and I was like, I don't think oh, those roommates. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. Oh. he yeah, his 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 servant. Yeah, yeah um, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: into uh, like his like mafia, yeah. <laughs> like fixer. <laughs> I was like, but, oh, is that?
1: It's definitely that- some weird anti-Italian type shit, but it is super funny to picture. Oh, hilarious! This, like this woman like cleaning a room and just barging in on Bono in the studio. Like, have you? Have you finished that song for Luciano. He's he's asking about so it. So funny! You and then he really just barges.
0: And then he's like call, talking on the phone. He's like, "So, are you gonna come to uh, Modena?" And they're like, "No, dude. We're like in the middle of recording a record right now." And he's like, "Well, I'm in your town right now." Like <laughs> yeah. like open like go to the door. I'm there with a the camera yeah. crew. I'm here. <laughs> and there's like an interview with Bono, and he's like, kind of like he's like in. There's like an interview, and he's in the studio. Like seems like kind of pissed. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, then, like this is
0: having to happen.
1: And then they're like playing. I don't even know what song that is. But then like Pavarotti sings at the end of this U2 song, and it just doesn't make any. Doesn't sense. really work. No, there's it doesn't work that way. I don't know,
0: and it was just because his like late his like his his the wife that he was married to or that he just got married to when he died was like just a big YouTube fan. Like that's like the why. (laughs) Like that's like why that
1: happened. Loved it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to shout out from the from the actual movie.
1: I yeah. I, I wish I had more. I would say if you like opera, if you like pasta. If you, <laughs> if you like to see a big, hairy, uh, smiling meatball of a man who just loves his mama and loves his papa, please sure. go rush run out to the theaters. It's I think it's showing now. It's in. He, he loves to singa.
0: He likes the Muna and the Juna and the Springa. <laughs> uh, no, I, but th- there is one more thing I wanted to say. Not like oh. it's just about. Pavarotti, which is that um opera has kind of become this like neo-fascist like signifier um recently or like you know like a uh, new authoritarian dealy um notably trump said something in in a um oh yeah did, did your pro tools finally crap out
1: Please excuse our technical
0: difficulties at this time. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's fascism. Um, so I just wanted to say one more thing, which is that uh, opera, along with like, you know, Greco-Roman statues and um, columns and other like signifiers of Western European culture have become like the symbols for for kind of like neo-fascism or like you know kind of like rising authoritarianism in the U.S. and in Europe um, and famously Trump when I, when he was in Michigan um, I'm not sure exactly when this was I guess was, this was maybe in the late I guess yeah this was like the 2020 uh, election he <laughs> said um, that I'm just going to read what he said. Like the great Pavarotti, the singer, when, you know, he was very, he was a diva. He was the greatest of all divas. He was an incredible talent with the most unbelievable voice. And I've gone to concerts where he would say, no, 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 I do not feel good. I will not sing tonight. And he'd leave. And then I've gone to some, I've, I've gone to some where it was the most unbelievable voice i that ever lived. I mean, the greatest, right? Pavarotti. But he he liked me for whatever reason. He was very terrible to other people. To me, he was nice. He liked me. But he goes, Donald, Donald, I will not sing tonight. You don't have a thousand people. I will not sing tonight because I do not feel I will leave tonight. And then leave. They'd say, ladies and gentlemen, he's just canceled. But when he was great, he was great. But now I feel like him. I say, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I've got to get... Nah, I don't have that. I'm not a diva. Which is very weird because it seems like toward the end there he's like he's saying like i am like pavarotti i just want to leave
1: it's it's kind of yeah, like i just like, want to get out of here which he <laughs> yeah. famously also
0: did say that he was like like folks i'm just gonna get i just want to get into that like uh, that's a pretty nice car you got over there i just want to get into it and just drive away yeah. <laughs> he just like said that like in one of his speeches
1: I don't i love the adoration and love but i don't want to be here i don't give a shit about any and of then
0: you and and like in his last speech or whatever as president he was he he what did he say he was like have a nice life
1: he said it's been it's been a great summer (laughs) and uh for those of you that made that we made out under the under the stars by the bushes down by the lake where the old canoe sank you might want to get checked out uh you know who you are um and then he flew away
0: he just and and arms, while um, arms
1: spread wide, he just started fucking flapping his arms and he flew off.
0: While the song the "My Night. Way" was playing,
1: yeah, that's how it happened.
0: Yeah, but no, he he did I literally say like, happened. "Have a nice life."
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a nice life, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man.
0: So funny. Anyway, I just that's think it's interesting so that like good. that like it's it is kind of like a dumb guy version of like, okay, what what's classy? Like, what is. What's like a cool, classy thing to listen to? Like, oh, yeah, you know, Ave Maria. Okay, that's the one opera, like aria thing that I I know the name of. Ave Maria.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, got that. Hell yeah. Well, I think we've covered all of opera.
0: That, and you know what they say, that's all that Pavarotti sang. Yeah. So, um... (laughs) So yeah, I mean, should we should we just touch briefly on the
1: Renegades podcast, or should we save that? Sure, I think we should talk about. Um, okay, I mean, obviously we could go into a much longer and much deeper conversation about this at some point in the future, but man, just a couple of it, young rebels. Yeah, just young guys uh, looking to shake things up, looking to introduce some new ideas, a shot to the shot to the system. That's you right. know what I'm saying?
0: And now, officially, everyone has a podcast. Hillary Clinton has a podcast. Yeah. Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a podcast. Um, it's just... Uh, now, I just got to wait for the Trump podcast, honestly, which I'm Del- very much looking forward to.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a really good. I think Twitter that's just said so that good. he's he is like permabanned. Like, he's not coming back to Twitter. It's the best podcast, folks. It's the greatest. you all been waiting yeah. for it. More
0: and more people are saying
1: it. They want to hear the Trump podcast. They've got to hear it. Yeah. And... I think the best thing about the Obama Springsteen one for me is just how awkward and like demented the uh, weird. They they're doing this one of the get, the gags. I don't know. If it's a gag. One of the bits is um like Bruce starts to play a song that has, <laughs> yeah, has to. Yeah, yeah that has everything to do with what they've been talking about. Oh my god, and it's so funny. And there is no good way to do that. It's so There's funny. There is no no conversation in anyone's life has ever at any point ended with like, "Well, you know what? I think we've talked about this all day. I think it's time I just sing you this song that I actually wrote well, about." Well, it is 40 actually really realistic, ago. you know. But it's like it, it's the it's worst it's guy so at the party. awkward and clunky and then like
0: Wait, are you are you there?
1: <laughs> yeah. They, well, they're okay. they are the two worst guys at the party,
0: right? Well, okay. So there's a couple of things there. Like it's like I mean, Bruce Springsteen is the guy who brings his acoustic guitar to the party to the bonfire, and it's just like you know what that reminds me of a song, and just you know. Um, but yeah. Obama is the guy who, like, you know, because I uh, have developed a strong dislike for Obama and still am, like, holding on to my appreciation for Bruce Springsteen, the impression I get is that this is all Obama's idea. This is basically his show. Like, he's always the one introducing the episodes, or at least in the two episodes that that are out so far. And he is the one who'll be, like, you know, just, like, getting Bruce Springsteen to, like, talk about how guilty he feels for, like, racism existing. It, it, like, that is so perverse to me.
1: (laughs) It's so It's like,
0: are you kidding me? Like it, there, there's two, of the, one out of two of these guys is someone who I actually have respected in my life for, I mean, well, I respected both of them. Like I, you know, I was happy to vote for Obama. When like, it was the first election that I was able to vote in for his, for his reelection. Um, but yeah. since then I've become very disillusioned um, with, with what his presidency represented and, and the things he was actually, actually did. Um, and, much more recently i've had a lot of respect for for springsteen uh and so it's just like like him like you know obama being like so tell me more about like how bad you feel and like like how fucked up it was like that there was like racism in your town and like and like yeah. what they never talk about is the fact that like he's like from a just desperately working class like community where like you know like like they're like so like i know i was an outsider because uh i mean just look at me like i'm black But you, like, how are you an outsider? And he has to, like, kind of, like, find a way to say, like, well, my dad, like, had schizophrenia, undiagnosed schizophrenia. And, like, I was just always just kind of a little different than everybody else. And, like, okay, but also, you know, he grew up, like, as part of a subordinated, you know, economic class.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what's so weird is, like, that Obama, from the initiation of that conversation, is just saying – I don't understand how you're an outsider. Like, how could you right. possibly be an outsider? Like, you're a white dude from New Jersey, and it's like. But if you know anything about Bruce Springsteen, those songs are all about how dejected and like uh, disillusioned. Everything in New Jersey was like rotten and melted and gone, and like you know, sold. Like it was right. all, it was all fucked. And yeah. it's so crazy to to be like the son of these like very liberal and like i don't know if i would say like elitist class but like a a guy who grew up outside of that completely totally in a very academic sense and uh you know definitely had i'm sure a challenging upbringing in some ways but it's so weird to have those conversations where the point that i think what bruce is trying to agree to here is to like you know that if we have these conversations and we like open it up to the world and we like let everyone hear us talk about this this is going to be something that does uh more good than bad you know like people are going to hear this and maybe it'll change someone's mind or maybe it'll like put this story into the ear of someone who wouldn't have otherwise found it like i think that's what the intention is right and i can you know i can understand and like respect that but realistically it does no nothing else other than reinforce these ideas that like Barack Obama is like this like he's the guy that we need to be we need him back like right. he's the one that got away man uh and it's like reinforced in all these different ways like he was talking about how uh, Michelle just really respects Bruce for uh you know he's coming through and uh, he he's talking about uh, his failures as a, as a husband and as as a man and right uh, right Michelle really loved that night I told her, well, you know, I haven't had time to fail. Uh, I've, I've never failed, so. Right. <laughs> it's like, what, what the fuck, dude? Like, he not only, like, says, like, well, my wife really respects you because you're able to talk about your own vulnerability and failures. And Bruce is like, well, yeah, yeah. And he was like, but, you know, I told her, I've never failed, so I don't know what you want from me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to apologize it's, for never doing anything wrong? And it's.
0: Right. Yeah. It is funny, like, and I don't, like, You know, we shouldn't minimize the fact that, like, one of the, you know, pernicious things about racism is that it obviously affects, you know, those prejudices obviously affect people who are members of the upper class, which, you know what I mean? Like, like, that's clearly the case. But also, it it does just seem weird for Obama. And, like, you know, maybe this is, like, part of, like, the unspoken thing of, like, they're trying to bridge this gap of classes, class backgrounds, too. But that's never spoken. And so, like, Obama's telling a story about, like, yeah, you know, one time when I really faced racism when I was a kid was when I was playing tennis. You know, I, I wasn't the best. But, I you know, I was in the tournaments or whatever. And then, like, the, like, tennis coach or something like that, like, says, like, some, something really racist to him. is like like, oh, like, don't touch the 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 scorecard or something like that because you're gonna get it dirty or something like that which is fucked up obviously but but just like he's just like you know how different their childhoods were that like you know like like uh, Bruce Springsteen is like sitting on the lap of his like undiagnosed schizophrenic you know factory worker father like between jobs like taking a dime to go and like buy his dad like the newspaper or whatever and like you know Obama's like growing up you know like, again like legitimately like trapped between worlds being you know like a, a, a multi-cultural multi-ethnic member of a of a emergent elite you know but uh sure. and like playing tennis <laughs> and just like um I don't know it's 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 interesting and it, 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 there's a story there obviously but they don't they don't make that part explicit so it yeah, stays on that weird level
1: and, well and, like that's when the announcement about this came it was you know obviously I can I understand why people would be very excited about this because there is a story there there is like a meeting of two different worlds and if they were to be 100% honest with one another in giving us like their real thoughts about things I think that's like an incredibly interesting conversation Totally and Bruce Springsteen was like what did it feel like to to kill a bunch of children with bombs you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Obama had no other choice than to like take a swig on the whiskey and it was like well Bruce why don't you give me some guitar in the background here this is going to be right. a salty one you know <laughs> like, right I would fucking love that shit I would eat that shit that amazing the, the true confessions or I don't know what that would be but it's not going to be like that it's everything that from the one end and probably on the other end too is uh, going to be a little bit more engineered and so it's yeah, sanitized uh, it's just tougher to navigate you know it's, it's right. just like they've sort of created the blinders for themselves already like even when Springsteen says, like, how do you, how do you, uh, Obama, how do you rationalize all this stuff in America, all this conflict and all this stuff? And it's like, Obama's like, well, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. And that's like, why isn't the question like, how did you deal with it? Or like, how do you feel like you did with this? Or how about this? Like, you know, and I understand that Bruce Springsteen isn't necessarily a journalist, but it is like sort of deflecting the conversation in this way where it's like, how did we do as a country? <laughs> you know, like right, well, can you give us a grade.
0: And and it just seems like like that's one of the really perverse things about it is that like, totally. okay, well here like like it's like, you know Obama several times is like so so like trying to ask like pointed questions about race and like Bruce Springsteen's like like all taken aback and he's like, Oh man, like this is so hard to talk about. Like I really like he's he's almost saying like I really have to like take like be held accountable for my white privilege. He's like comes up right up to saying that. But meanwhile, Obama is the guy who was in the highest office in the land. Like yeah. Bruce Springsteen like <laughs> didn't never had like that kind his, of control over like yeah. our policies, you know?
1: <laughs> like, you know what was his power in those situations. Exactly. It's like he's like just yeah. growing
0: up as like in like a rural, you know, like like backward, you know, whatever, like all the words that he's like a redneck like community in New Jersey and like you know, like, rose to the heights of his profession, you know, so, like, obviously, like, had a certain amount of influence and is an interesting guy for having, like, had a white, like, or had, like, a, you know, black guy in his mostly white band or, like, and all this kind of stuff. Like, he he has tons of, like, stories to tell and everything, but it's just the the interesting way that, like, again, like, it's, like, it's like aligning how power actually works or how economic class influences the, the the direction of people's lives or or like how they form their perception of themselves that like and and the fact that like when race is just kind of floating above all of that in that conversation it just it's able to be turned back on bruce springsteen and be like yeah well like so why are you such like a yeah fucking privileged asshole bruce you know <laughs> it's yeah, like wait I a mean, second
1: <laughs> well and then the whole i think episode two they talk about friendship is all about uh the big man and so it's a lot of right. Bruce talking about, like, his one of his best friends who's who right. died and who he's right. obviously very choked up about. And at one point, I think he, he sort of gets tearful, and there's, like, this pause. And, you know, like, I, listening to that, definitely felt it. And I was like, dang, right. oh, man. But uh, Obama just keeps pushing. And it's, yeah. like, <laughs> and it's like, why wasn't he on the cover of the records? Why is it, like, Bruce Springsteen uh, with your curly right. hair? It's always you up there. And he's kind of joking, but it's like, yeah, but, I mean, I don't I don't know. Obviously there's a, so many different problems with that none of which are were arbitrated by Bruce Springsteen or, or like I don't know can be solved in this one 30 minute to hour long podcast episode or you know like right. it's very strange to be like well why was why weren't you doing this? Why weren't you playing these right. shows? And like why did he feel so out of place all the time? Was that your fault? And it's like Right. I think I think obviously yeah like I don't know there's but there's also like a whole world of things that were in place and had to happen in sequence to get to those events in the first place uh I don't know it's very weird to listen to
0: right well and the other thing about it is like that it's it totally encapsulates the kind of like liberal democrat approach to dealing with like structural problems and like with with right. racism and all this kind of stuff is that like well, we just really need to have honest conversations about it, and like, like that's the thesis of the whole, of the whole project, and of Obama's presidency, and clearly, it's like the, you know the the operating like idea of the uh, now the Biden presidency, yeah. But but it's like like you know when, when he talk when they do talk about reparations, they're like he's like, you know, like obviously like we both like agree on this in an ideal, like like you know like this is like something that we like. You know, theoretically, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, realistically, no, it actually can't happen. And the only time that they do, the one time that they reference class and that Obama does is when he's talking, he's trying to explain why white people continue to be so racist. And it's because there are working class. It's like, it's again, like parroting the same bullshit idea that has already, that has been discredited, which is that Trump supporters are working class white people. When like, right. in fact, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like most working class people in the country simply do not vote. And, like, yeah. the, the strongest base of support for, for Trump and for the Republicans is, you know, like, middle class, like, small business owning people. Right. So, it, it's, it's just, like, like that's the one time that they mention class, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's furthering that that same, like, neoliberal narrative that there's these middle class, or these lower class people in the Midwest and, and like, right. the heartland of the country who are just working all day, just... Just feeling racist, and, that's... and and that's
0: the reason that he gives for why reparations couldn't work. Because and this is the Democratic line on all this kind of stuff is like why we can't push for more serious changes and transformation in in our country is because well, I mean people there's just people are too racist. Yeah, like people, and, and it, it wouldn't be viable.
1: And that's the other distraction is that they he was implying that the money. For reparations would have to come from the pockets of poor people. <laughs> That's the only way that it could work. <laughs> well, I mean, which is you know so to, maybe insane. Maybe to be fair to like his like well it, it's t- it's
0: totally mixed up. But it seems like he's saying like pe- what, yeah like poor like working class people would just get mad. But but like what we've seen with the pandemic is that across the board, even people who say that like we, they want small government, they don't want government handouts. They they don't want welfare. They are
1: happy to get a stimulus check and they want another one across the board. Everyone wants that. Right. Like people don't want that. And like it's also like where does that money come from and where where can all of the money for the military budget come from? Where can any of the money come from? It doesn't have to be. You you don't like I think that's another weird neoliberal redirection that we're going to see more of under the Biden administration is just like, well, we can't do that. How are we going to do that? Because then uh, these all these poor people are going to get screwed. And it's like why yeah. why would you fucking screw them like that doesn't make sense right. like they're obviously you're the fucking guy in charge like figure it out don't screw those people uh right. it's just like so ludicrous to think that that's you're like way out like we couldn't do reparations we couldn't do this because then some some farmer in iowa is well he's gonna go bankrupt and we and all then, know what and that that's... sad story looks like on tv
0: well, and that's what's so fucked up is like that's the kind of sad story that Bruce Springsteen would tell you in his songs and then like and like we just need we get Obama yeah. who's this like trusted statesman and and like Bruce Springsteen just has to be like yep oh totally right yep no, oh, these terrible fucking shitty working class white people god damn like they're the ones really <laughs> holding us back you know what I mean like it's like what damn. the hell
1: like- <laughs> yeah I think that's those are the inherent problems is that he's not a trusted statesman he can't be trusted first of all and he he won't he's not like gonna give up the truth, but also that Bruce is just like uh, a moonbeam. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say now. A deer in the headlights type right. child who just right. wants to believe in like good and hope in the world. He's, but you know who we can trust. Listen. You know what Bruce wants to do more than anything else, huh? He wants to take two small shots of tequila goddamn right and it's his right as an american he's gonna climb into his jeep drive down the street get out get on his motorcycle (laughs) take two more shots of tequila right and then park somewhere i don't know
0: yeah god it's it's so it's just it's perverted man i just
1: like i think the world is upside down yeah i think you know we had ideas for other stuff that we wanted to talk about soon but maybe maybe the next stuff we just do a bruce and then we do an obama episode (laughs) sorry episode
0: an episode all about obama and like the time that he's saying amazing grace
1: well and like the cool playlists oh yeah good point that's how i found out about most hip-hop
0: another part in the interview is where he references the part of get out that references him
1: it's so weird
0: where he's like like he's like you know there's no amount of you know listening to music or like like voting for obama you can't even vote for obama and and make racism go away you know yeah and like like it's like it's like in the get out movie where the the crazy dad is like i would have voted for obama a third time <laughs> like and and but, like well and, and what it what's what's going what's like again going unsaid is that black lives matter emerged when he was the president
1: yeah and he and he didn't want to he didn't want to deal I, with it.
0: He told everybody to go home. Yeah. He said, hey, could you stop protesting? <laughs> yeah,
1: please stop. <laughs> You're making me That's look a, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Awful. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But yeah, there the, was some, I had I, I'd had
0: another thought, but I lost it. But I think, I'm sure it wasn't important. I think important. it's like
1: the snake of American empire is just sort of eating its own tail right now. Oh, and this is wait, another this is part of say. it where we, we get to see Obama doing these like extremely, uh, self, uh, not I, was, I don't know what I was going to say. What's the opposite of deprecating self-procating, <laughs> um, uh, meta, yeah. meta textual anecdotes. Right. And it's right. the same thing as Joe Biden saying that he prefers, children to adults it's oh the my same god that was thing. so funny we're just seeing not the mask get shown off the face of it what we're seeing is the skin just peeling back he's just
0: a one horse pony man yeah that's another bidenism um but i was yeah. gonna say like you know like like we you know we're not supposed to trust this like salt of the earth, you know i mean like whatever he he is a very rich musician at this point but but like this guy who told salt of the earth working class stories like like bruce springsteen because he's a white guy but you know who we can trust or we're supposed to trust is joe biden yeah who's basically a conservative (laughs) and his track record is famously as his vice president said during the primary was to like block desegregation of schools and to say like (laughs) fucked up racist shit like we don't want like a racial jungle and all this kind of stuff you know like like that's the guy that we're supposed to think is like heralding like a new age of diversity and and equality like are you kidding me anyway that that was my
1: that was my last thought that's i think that's like what a great place to end it uh yeah it's all it's all gonna work out we're so we're so sorry for everything and for the audio issues in this episode uh we'll see how i can cut it together but if it doesn't if it doesn't sound perfect
0: if it doesn't sound perfect then
1: jordan is fired that's that's the deal Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh love you buddy. Talk to you later. Ciao. Ciao as they would
0: say in Italy.